0: Stories of Communism 11, More Harsh Realities of Cuba. Welcome to Stories of Communism, the podcast where we review and discuss the first-hand testimony of those who lived through the horrors of communism over the past century. This is Eric Seligman, your co-host, along with Manuel Castaneda, recording from the suburbs of Portland, Oregon. Today we're doing another interview podcast, talking to two immigrants who fled communist Cuba and built successful lives in the U.S., Roger Rivero and Eduardo Norell. This episode's a bit longer than usual, but you'll see it's full of fascinating information. You'll hear a strong rebuttal of Cuba's healthcare boasts and stories of the absurd ways college students had to obtain paper for their homework. Here's the audio of the interview. Yeah, so um, maybe if we could start by um, uh, maybe Roger and Eduardo, you could tell us um, about your experiences in Cuba, like when did you live there and when did you leave for the U.S. and what did you notice about the differences between the the cultures okay so yeah so my life in cuba was uh, kind of like a i will say a typical
1: uh cuban uh that is uh embedded in the system so i grew up you know just praising fidel castro and you know all the system and che Guevara and all those uh heroes of the revolution but there is a point because uh, the only information that you get, that you receive, is from uh, one source, and it's the government. So, because there is no other source of information, so you are just getting information only from the censors, and that uh, is condemning, condemning you to think only one way.
0: So, so I'm, what, one of the, the I'm curious, how, how old were you when you came over? Were you already an adult or did you come over as a child? Yeah. No,
1: no, I was, uh, when I was adult, I was uh, 28 years old. Oh,
0: wow.
1: So what were you doing yeah, for was, a living
0: in uh, Cuba before you came? So, in, yeah,
1: in Cuba, I was, uh, I was, an, I graduated from, uh, from a you know, Superior Institute of Industrial Design. So I was uh, a, a, an industrial designer. Of, uh, you know, my profession was industrial designer, so I designed products for the industry. And uh, but I, my occupation was a graphic designer. So I came over at, uh, when I was 28 with uh, my wife and one daughter. She was uh, 18 months old at the time, and uh, I just uh, arrived to Miami back in nineteen ninety eight and then from Miami I just uh spent like five days in Miami and moved over, you know, to the northwest, uh, Portland, Oregon. Where I uh I have lived uh, you know all my life since. Well,
0: so um yeah so so what did you notice that was different or what what motivated you to come over to the US at first and uh, were things as you expected?
1: Actually, uh, it was better than expected. I was, uh, when you grow up with a lot of fear and, uh, and, and you know, they teach you to, to hate, you know, that country that is, uh, you know, they have control of the world and, and it wants to, to be the owner of the world. So even though when you admire your things, there's still doubt in your mind that things can go wrong or can be difficult. And they were, so it was, it was not a, you know, a piece of tape when I came over and that you have to learn the language, but not only the language, the language is just uh, you know, on the surface. So you have to learn the culture, which is way deeper than that. So it was a, it was a really great experience because you start um, feeling and you start tasting you know, so many different things in your life. So the first thing that I noticed that, it, that impacted me deeply was that uh, I can defend. I have, I can have a different opinion, and the people respect my opinion, even if they don't share the same opinion as I have. So the other thing that I, that impacted me it was uh, the freedom that you have. That is a freedom that you you can do you know good things or bad things with it. But that freedom, the respectful you know the respect for that freedom it's, uh, it gets you to a uh, to a different level of thinking so for me was uh, that was something that i treasured the most of this country is the freedom to think different and still be friends in cuba it's all polarized or you are with me or you are against me so that was for me was uh, was a was something that i never experienced in my life that was r- really really big on my side
0: Yeah, so I'm curious, you made a side comment about growing up in fear. Were there people who you knew or in your immediate circle who suffered at the hands of the Cuban government, or was it just sort of a generalized fear?
1: Yeah, it's a generalized uh, fear because uh, they teach you not to trust anybody because you can have even members of the family that work for the government. And at some point... They have to do what they have to do to, it's, it's like a preserving your, or either your status or your way of living or your uh, position. So it, it is a constant fear of saying the wrong word and that word, that wrong word will haunt you to the point that you will lose your job. You can lose uh, all the, the things that you have earned and uh and you can lose easily you know the you know all the the, the support or the the way of uh, of living that you have, so the constant fear is start with uh not having the right to express yourself if you think different, so then you have to be careful now because every word the well there is a kind of like a common uh, Saying in Cuba says, "Hey, be careful because the the walls have ears. So that means that doesn't matter if you're alone. If you talk, the walls can hear. You know, the, the walls can hear you, and they can talk. Even you know, it's it's just a signal, You know, it's, a, it's just a an image of uh, what can happen. So you, you, so at work you cannot express yourself. You cannot." go against, you know, the general thinking of the, of the government. And, uh, you know, in the, even not only at work, in public spaces, the only thing that you have some freedom, and it's just in your immediate family. When you go out of the immediate family, even if you go to cousins and stuff, you have to, to measure every word that you said, because that, that can go against you really quick.
2: Eduardo, this is this is Manuel. Um, when was Manuel. the last time you were in Cuba? I was uh, in the last
1: time. I was recently in Cuba. I was uh, uh, like in the last month.
2: Oh, uh, and have you seen much change now from, let's say, when you were there, leaving? Yes, yes.
1: yes. definitely has been a change. And I don't know if it's because of... Uh, it's, you know, the, the people, they're just uh, losing that fear because they know that uh, you only have, uh, you know, one chance in life. This is, this, is, this is our life. And the people are kind of like uh, losing it a, a little bit. Also, the government, they cannot be that influential as they used to because the people are seeing, you know, the collapse,
2: you know, in, in front of their eyes.
1: So you can see, you know, the, the whole the whole country deteriorating, the whole uh, you know medical system going uh, you know upside down, the education. Oh, they they have seen the, the teachers going to to work in a bar because they make more money as kids that are teaching in the school, and uh, engineers just working you know cleaning in a in a hotel because they, they just they can get some uh, pair of shoes that they cannot buy that, that pair of shoes, you know, uh, even if they save all, the whole salary for, uh, for an entire year.
2: So you say the people are less afraid now, and it's mainly because they know more. Is that because of technology now, that they can't control information as much as they could in the past?
1: Actually, it, I, don't, uh, I, I won't say that it's uh, uh, specifically technology, but I will say that the people are seen with their own eyes. They have suffered, you know, in one way or the other, you know, the, the abuses of the system. So it's, a, it's not a technology because they control the technology.
2: So it's, a, it's
1: not like, a, you know, there is no, you it's, know, it's, it's, the information is very controlled. So it's, it's not about technology. It's because they have, you know, people, they have suffered one way or the other, you know, the abuses. So, or either they have a, a relative that that died in a hospital without medicine or, or medical attention, or or they have uh, suffered, you know, being uh, expelled or kicked out of a job because they they expressed their own opinion. And it was, uh, it was not the what they were expecting to hear from you. So um, they were or either kicked out of, uh, of the university because uh, they had uh, some religion affiliation. So they have seen, they have seen in, in either on the, in their own family or in neighbors or friends. So then, you know, one after the other one just start kind of like a creating a, a shield. But then there's a point in, in your life that you have to, to make a decision, or you either keep, you know, going against the current, or do you just start learning how to play the game.
2: Well, Eduardo, you know we have we have several uh, places trying socialism now, which is kind of the cousin of communism. Uh, what do, do the people in Cuba ever say? Hey, I think we. We made the wrong decision here of buying into socialism and communism, or do they not know that?
1: Yes, actually, yeah. I have talked to a lot of uh, elders in my in my recent visit. You know, I talked to uh, you know to uh, neighbors. I talked to friends. You know, they're older than me, and I say, well, you know, now that you're at this stage of your life, what do you think? And they had told me yes, I was wrong. I thought they had they had they had hope because every social uh, program, you know, promises uh, beautiful things. And uh, and you know when you promise uh, you know to have a free education, and when you promise to
0: have uh, you know like a free medical care, who doesn't like that? Yeah, it's so, so actually, it's good to have yeah. all this stuff. Can I interrupt a second? I want to touch more on the medical care thing because, you know, Americans have been taught by our our wonderful uh, purveyor of wisdom, Michael Moore, that Cuba has one of the best health care systems in the world, surely superior to America's because it offers full equality. Uh, What's incorrect about that?
1: everything just for yeah just for the when you start the phrase saying that cuba has the most incredible medical system that that's not true and you have to go to cuba and live like a cuban without without the money and without a passport but then you have to to go and see the collapse of the whole medical system that there so for example they, they just try to say that the medical system is not working because of the embargo the embargo is just from one country So you have uh, other communist countries that you can do business with. You have China, the second largest economy in the world. You can do business with China. You can get a lot of uh, uh, medicine and uh, stuff from China or from North Korea, for the the matter of fact, from Vietnam or from other countries. But that's, you know, for me, that's an excuse. The system is a failure. The idea is wonderful. So the government, what they do is they prepare really well the doctors, and I know you know firsthand because my wife is a medical doctor. So they they are very well prepared because they don't have to depend on the, on the computer to diagnose you. So they will go to the root of the problem because they want you to be cured. They want you to be to be healthy. Why? Because uh, there are so many that I need you to be cured. I don't want you to come back. I want you to, to be. So the system is a failure in the sense that uh, what it makes uh, the system to be good when I told you, hey, Manuel, you're sick. You have this and this other you know, sickness, but we don't have medicine. I wouldn't have the equipment to do the test and we don't have uh, a bed in the hospital to, to get you in. So diagnosing me of my sickness doesn't make the, the system a good system. So then when you go to the hospital and you get the poor attention that you receive, so the, one day we will know the statistics of how many people died in the in Cuban hospitals. And, and they, all, they all, you know, the, most of the people, they not only died of, uh, of the, the sickness that they, they got into, they develop all the other type of infections and stuff because of the pure health uh, system.
0: Uh, yeah, and I've so, heard a, a rumor that, uh, that if you go to a hospital in Cuba, you need to like bring your own clean sheets and toilet paper. Is that correct? Not only that, you have to bring now
1: your own backpack <inaudible> to take a take shower. A shower. Well, not a shower. You have to, to take, a, you know, like a little cup and, and just put water on, on top of it. So you have to bring not only that. So you have to bring food, too. Because the, the food, you know, the meals are, you know, the quality is so, is so poor that it's... Uh, so you need to, to bring your own food to, to the hospital. And, and only, uh, so, also... Not only your your bed sheets and stuff, but you have to bring you know everything. For example, you have to, sometimes they have to bring you know like a small chair for the people that's gonna be uh, you know for the uh, for the companion that you will have on the you know watching you know taking care of you while you're uh, at the hospital.
0: Wow, well, that uh, I don't know. it Doesn't sound as good as in the Michael Moore movie. Um.
1: No, no, it's not. <laughs> and then the long, the long wait, the long wait that you have to wait to be seen, by, you know, to, or to be treated. So if, if you're diagnosed with cancer, so there is, a, there is a long list of people waiting to be uh, seen and treated. So in, the, in that way, it goes your life too. Wow. So, and the people, the people, they'd rather pay and be alive than having a free attention and be dead. So at this point, it's just a matter of, uh, of life and death.
0: Wow. So now does this sort of uh, issue, I guess, extend into other areas of the economy? Like in, in terms of just day-to-day life, what's the living standard like there these days? Yeah,
1: day-to-day uh, uh, is the uh, same because what is collapsing is the system, is the, is the whole communist system. It didn't work in the Soviet Union. It didn't work in, 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 in East Germany. It didn't work in all those uh, ex-Soviet republics. It didn't work in China. So if it's not working, it's because uh, there is something wrong with the system. And it's because of uh, the system, uh, you know, it's, the, 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 very, the very concept of the, the, the communism doesn't work. So that when you kill, you know, the, you know, the free thinking, when you kill the innovation, when you kill, you know, the, the, the opportunity to prosper, when you kill the opportunity to, to grow in life, and and then and you just uh condition all those uh privilege to say a word you know to the to the people that work for the government and only to those that are loyal to the government so then you're killing the, the whole idea of, of humanity that everybody wants to to have uh, even if i don't think the same i have the same right to to prosper and and to be healthy and to and to grow in life uh and to have dreams so they start cutting you know just killing those dreams you know early in life so if you prosper in cuba they will send you they will investigate you right away because there is one reason why you're prospering are you stealing or are you doing something wrong because if you live a normal life you shouldn't prosper or, or if you work with the for the government yes you can prosper because we will, so we will uh, give you things in order for you to be loyal. So in all areas in life, so for example, transportation, it's so, it's so bad, the transportation. So you can wait for a bus, maybe an hour, maybe two hours. And that, you're lucky and they have bus that day. Otherwise, you have to, to take a taxi, a taxi in Cuba is like a, let me just put you in perspective. A taxi in Cuba is like a four, five dollars. That's, that's on the, on the, on the cities in the, you know, in the, the, the not, not Havana. Havana, you won't take a taxi for less than $15. So to put in perspective, how much is $15? It's the salary of a person, of a Muslim. You know, it's a month salary of a, of a person. Well,
0: so how does anybody so ever take a money. taxi?
3: Well, so you have to
1: either or you steal from someone. You know, most people steal from the government. So if they work in a, in a, I don't know, in a meat processor company, they will steal meat and they will sell in the black market. And then with that money, they will trade it for choose and they will so if it is a it's a bargain system so you if you work in that place what you produce uh, they produce paper for example so they will they will start stealing you know little by little you know a piece of paper piece of paper so when they have a stack of uh, two hundred or three hundred or five hundred so they will they will sell it to someone that is in the university and they need to, they, to graduate, they need to, to do a, a thesis. So they don't have paper to print their thesis. So they, they need to bargain. So I want the paper, so, but I will give you in exchange, I will give you, uh, I don't know, uh, 200 or $300 you know, worth of something. And it's just, a, it's, it's just a bargaining system. So I have to choose you have tomatoes let's change i for my better choice, i want at least uh, you know like a i don't know 100 pounds of tomatoes so what i won't give that 100 pounds of tomatoes but i will i will take half of that and the other one i will i will sell it or trade it for something else for salt and then that salt i trade it for, uh, for me and that's how the people live
0: wow so so now i'm curious you said that you're a you graduated from college in Cuba, so did you have to go through those kind of convolutions to get paper to do your assignments? Of course. Yeah. So, and uh, when I was studying,
1: I didn't have the need because I, I was uh, working with paper, so I didn't have the need to 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 find paper because I had it, but yeah. I didn't have food. So I have to take some of those materials that, uh, that I got and trade it for food. Or for shoes. I didn't have shoes. I have one pair of shoes for my whole, uh, for my entire five years uh, of studying. So if, if they break, you know, they, you have to sew it yourself. You know, you have to take a, you know, a thread and then start sewing because uh, there is no, uh, you couldn't, I couldn't afford to go and I'm paying $15 for a pair of shoes. I couldn't.
0: Wow.
3: So once I graduated,
1: my, uh, my salary was uh, $198 per month. Oh, no, not dollars, excuse me, Cuban pesos. At the time, it was like about 8 or $9 a month. So the people may think and say, well, uh, maybe the things are so cheap that, uh, you know, you had a good living because uh, you were, uh, you know, uh, a professional. Yeah, my wife, she was making 15. That was the best salary at the time in the country. She was making 15 a month. And, uh, and we couldn't afford, we couldn't afford to have to buy shoes for our daughter. So, all the, so, for example, uh, at that t- I'm, I'm talking about 80 years ago. At that time, a pound of pork uh, was, uh, was a dollar. That means 25 Cuban pesos, and I was making 198. If you do the math, you will see that I can only buy how many pounds, you know, like uh, eight pounds. Of pork. And, and pork, you know, is, so beef, I couldn't afford beef, that's illegal. Uh, you can go to jail. So beef is, is preserved for the people who visit the country, for tourists. So you cannot go and buy, uh, and buy beef, uh, you know, in a, in a store. The only, the only uh, institution that is allowed to sell beef is the, the government stores. And they sell it for $375, $375. So that means they're selling it for, I don't know, 70, 70 or 80 Cuban pesos. So if my salary was uh, 198...
0: To get just two beers a month if you don't eat?
2: <laughs> yep. <laughs> wow. Well, why do you think... Uh people around the world are still trying socialism and communism. If it, do you think there's, they don't believe what's happening in Cuba?
1: Actually, it's not like they don't believe what's happening in Cuba. The problem is that, as you well said, there are, uh, for example, like the, the example that you put out of Michael Moore, That guy, he makes a documentary. And then the media in the United States just fall in love with that documentary. Why? Because that's how they would like to uh, institutionalize him here. So they fall in love with that idea and they try to sell it. So for example, if the people, if you go to Cuba and I will will challenge everybody that go to Cuba, try to get a, a video camera and try to film in a hospital. And see what happens. Go to, with a video camera and and try to you know to film the really the, the, the wrong things that you have in front of your eyes. Try to do it and let's see what happens. Why? Because the government it controls what information goes out of the country. If it goes out of the country, and you know they look really bad. And they need to to sell you know like a really good image to the world so that so that's why it's all about control it's all about control so if you are in control so you don't want the people to know you know your your bad secrets so they don't and cuba it's it's an island so it's you either go in a boat or in a plane they are both extremely controlled
3: and the idea of, uh, of,
1: of, of the people around the world they found of course everybody would like to have you know free education and free medical care but when you think on free education and free medical care there is uh, a lot of money involved in that so or you either touch me you know like, a, like in cuba you know if if, if you have a, a doctor Making, let's say, let's let's just be uh, generous and let's give them, you know, like fifty dollars per month. That's being very generous. Or let's just be, even uh, you know, very optimistic and say, okay, let's just give them the doctors one hundred dollars a month, which is not that's not true. And let's say that they make one hundred dollars per month. It can't, you know, to having the, a, a good medical equipment and to have all of that do you think that a doctor's salary would be you know it would be fair to pay a, a a person that has been in school for 10 years well just I, I say in a school a medical school because they have to go six years just to be a general practitioner and then if they go to a to specialize, they have to go two more years but at that point it's a it would be fair to, to, to make one hundred dollars and don't have enough money to buy a pair of shoes because you have to pay for either rent because you don't own your house you live in your parents house buying a house was illegal until about six or seven years ago it was illegal so now they found the government found a way to to make some money and, and now they allow you to, to buy and sell houses, but you have to pay a percentage to the government for selling or buying your house. So when you make $100, how much the government is taxing your money in order for you to get just $100? 90? 95? 98%? Of course, if they tax you that, that amount of money, you should have a free medical uh, attention, free medicine, free education, and free meals, free food. If you're going to tax me 98% of my salary, yes, I expect to to receive everything in my life for free. So I'm not supposed to to spend money other than uh, some luxuries. And that's not the case in Cuba.
2: Well, Eduardo, before we end the interview, I would like to know from you... um, What do you think is going to happen? We see big changes happening in North Korea, for example. What about Cuba? What about Venezuela? What's going to happen, especially in Cuba, since you know more about Cuba?
1: Yeah, Cuba, uh, it's going to happen kind of like, this. that's my personal opinion. It's going to happen, I think, something similar to what happened to the Soviet Union. When all those uh, uh, people that started the whole movement, you know, after the second the World War II, so all those uh, Lenin and Khrushchev, and then Brezhnev uh, and Andropov, you know, all that, all those people that fought and they were so involved, then came a, a Gorbachev with a different idea. Mm-hmm. Because they, you know, after seventy some years, people are seeing things different. So life, life evolves. The world is changing, and the communist doesn't adapt. They just need control. So what is going to happen? I think is uh, the, the newer generation that they don't want to. For example, the new gener- the, this generation now, they don't want to go to school. Just link to people they, because they know they graduate from, uh, you know, they don't want to be teachers. Why? Because once you graduate, what are you going to do? Are you going to teach for, uh, for 200 and something pesos? For 300 pesos? For like $10, $15 a month? And start? Or, or you go and, and do something else in the meantime and start making some, some money? So working in a, in a bar, uh, working as a... You know, like a, you know, like a waiter in a, in a restaurant or working at, uh, in a hotel. Why? Because you have tourists and they keep you. So with, so for example, if you get just $2 from a tip in one day, so you're making 50 kilos pesos. So then one day, so if you make those $2 in one week, we're talking about your salary for a month. So it's, uh, so the new generation is seeing things different. Once that generation that was uh, part of the revolution of all that, you know, that that the government right now, once they pass, we will start seeing, you know, like a less commitment to, to those ideas. And the whole thing will start twisting. It's like in China too. They they still keep you know like a like a communist government, but they have opened the economy to uh, to almost a full capitalist uh, movement and opportunity. There is not, nothing wrong of being millionaires in China. There is a, there is something really wrong of being rich in Cuba. So if you have money in Cuba, the government will go after you. And just because of that's one of that's just one of the sides. The, the other one is. Uh, if people want to live the only life they have here here on earth i believe that we have a an life but here on earth you have this life if you don't make a good use of it what you don't have another one and from that piece of uh point you know it would it will start the, the people will start the people are the people are changing right now the people are you know they're here. And then they have seen everything around the world. So now look at Venezuela. It's it's a copycat of Cuba. And it's not because the Cubans didn't express their voice and told them, you know, in advance, don't do that. It's going to go wrong. And they did anyway. And look at at Venezuela now.
0: I think they watched too many uh, Michael Moore movies there. I, I, I think so. Look at Nicaragua.
1: Look at all the, those uh, countries that uh, embrace the, the communism. And, and you see the economy, so it's a failure and the whole system is a failure because it's unsustainable. So in Cuba, you, we will see changes in the next, uh, I would say, five, 10 years. Things are losing a little bit because they cannot keep that control anymore, they can't. People are, are not the same. The world is changing, and, and now in order for them to, to produce, Cuba needs to produce, they don't produce. They, they were uh, subsidized for the Soviet Union for for, for good uh, 50 years, almost, at least 40 years. So when you get subsidized for something, you don't, need, you don't have the need to produce. So now Cuba needs to start producing. Cuba was uh, the economy number 26 in the world back in 1959, and I don't know the statistics right now, but it it's the 26 from, about, uh, you know, from the bottom up.
0: Yeah, and that's a that's a good point you make about where Cuba was before communism, because you know the complaint a lot of people say is you know oh well yeah Castro was bad, but he had to come in because Cuba was such a horrible place. And you know what they never point out is that Cuba was you know succeeding and rising in, in the economic world until communism came in and reversed its course.
1: Yeah, and and you know and we cannot be blind to some injustices that the you know the government at the time you know was uh, performing in, in in the country, but economically. You cannot say that uh, it, it was a failure. Cuba was prospering every day. So, for example, uh, uh, let, let me just uh, out of my, my parents. So they said you can go to a an store and and buy
3: a, a pair of shoes
1: for two dollars. And I say okay, so that was your entire salary per month. They say no, you can make two dollars in a day. So, and that's a that's a whole difference, and uh, and, and also it was uh it was some injustices. That, but I think those injustices, you know, it was a kind of like in, in every country. If you go back to 1950 something, every country has some injustices. But the the, the world is evolving into a totally different scenarios. So those uh, injustices in many countries, they have, you know, they have uh, loosened a little bit. So in Cuba, was, uh, you know, Batista was the president, the, the, president, the, the dictator at the time, because he, uh, he did a coup, you know, he, was, uh, he forced himself in to a military coup. But then the, 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 the next government came in, criticizing that one, and they did exactly the same, but worse. they they, they build your dreams they politicize the whole thing they indoctrinate you because they did it to me so they indoctrinate you and the only thing that you can praise is uh is the government and the only thing that you can agree with is the government that has to change that will change but i have to you have to all this, uh, all the, the, the government, that is uh, you know, most of the people that is in uh, in key positions, except the, the new president, let's say president, because we have only one candidate. He was elected unanimously. The, the only one candidate that, that we have in the election he was uh, elected unanimously. So that's
0: kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah, well, listen, you know. Um, and, and, then, and that
1: only candidate, that only candidate was appointed by the the president that is retiring.
2: <laughs> do, do you see any
1: similarities with Venezuela that Chavez appointed Maduro to be the next president?
0: Yeah, yeah. So, so I was going to say, you know, this is, um, you know, I, I think really great speaking to you. We've already overrun our target podcast length by quite a bit. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's worth it. Um, You know, uh, I I, now originally we were interviewing you and Roger together, but I noticed Roger hasn't really been able to get a word in edgewise for this whole thing. Um, (laughs) Roger, do you have any final comments or things you want to add to what uh, Eduardo has told us?
3: No, I am really glad that Eduardo just, you know, took over the whole thing. because, you know, he's not only a good friend, he's also one of the most passionate uh, Cubans that I know and on top of that he's really eloquent and fluent So i am really glad that i i I can if if i just want to add this one piece of of uh uh, analogy and i use that really frequently when people say what is wrong with the communist system and i ask those people just look around this country i mean america this is one of the greatest probably the greatest country in the world but What else doesn't work here, whatever belongs to the government? TriMet, Amtrak, VA, Social Security, Postal Service, whatever the government put their hands on is a failure. Same thing with the Communists, the only, the only difference is that the government under the Communist system owns everything. That's it.
0: (laughs) Well, that's a good point. Yeah. So, well, 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 thanks a lot. I mean, this was a great conversation. Um, I hope you guys will um, listen to our podcast and our other episodes, not just the ones that you're in, and um, maybe send us additional <laughs> comments when you have them. Um, and um, I'd love to and maybe let me, have let me tell a follow-up interview. Larry, um, yeah.
3: Let me tell you something. You're really lucky that this uh, podcast and conversation was uh, in English because if we do this in Spanish, It will run for about five to six hours.
0: (laughs) I think that was a really great interview. Please email us your comments as well. We'll be sure to check in with Roger and Eduardo some more as we continue to see changes in Cuba's government and culture in this post-Castro era. This concludes your story of communism for today.